great. I'm so glad that you're here today. I really am. We're in the middle of uh, this series called Legacy. This series is about learning, inspiring, encouraging us, reminding us, maybe what we already know, but to help us do things that outlive ourselves, to outlive this life. I want to do some things on this planet that outlive me, and I want to do some things that don't just outlive me on the planet. Like I want to do some things that are eternal. Do you know what I'm saying? Like things that affect, that affect people for forever. In eternity, spiritually, those kind of things. So that's that's what this series is about. We're going to start into uh, the message today. If you have your orange bulletin, there's some notes in there if you want to follow along. Or you can go to version, the Bible app. You can follow along that way. But before we do that, this is also a super special weekend because today is Veterans Day and um, at South Point. And I know it is everywhere else. Um, but here's what I want to do. I want us to, to honor our veterans this morning, to take a minute to just say, listen, if you're in the military, if you've ever been in the military, any branch, we want to just encourage you, show you how much we love you. Would you stand and just let us give you some applause this morning because we love you for that. Thank you very much. Come on, South Point, let's show them some love. Awesome. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Absolutely. You know, it is, it is easy to take for granted what we have here in the United States. If you have never been overseas, especially to like a third world developing country, you need to go. We, we support, uh, South Point does, we support a project. Uh, it's a school, church, community center, all of that in Honduras. And if you have never been to Honduras besides the beach... Uh, you need to go, and it will make you appreciate the incredible things that we have in this country because men and women, just like these that stood up today, gave and sacrificed and served all over this country. And here's what's super special about this. The, the man that you see in this video will get back this week from a three-month deployment halfway around the world where he actually missed his little daughter, started walking a couple of weeks ago here. And those are the kind of things that they sacrificed so that we could have incredible freedoms that we have. So we want you to know, everybody in any branch of the military, we love you and appreciate you very, very, very much. Can I get a big amen on that one? Amen. Amen indeed. So we're going to jump into legacy attitude today. Legacy attitude. How many of you know that most things in life, it actually revolves around your attitude? It revolves around your perspective, how you see things, how you approach things. You know, speaking of other countries, you can go to countries where people make nothing, like make a buck and a half a day, live in a shack, no electricity, no run of water, and they're the happiest people in the world for some reason. And here I am over here making millions of dollars every year, just me, um, not really. That's a, that was a joke for those that don't know me, okay? But have plenty of money, air conditioning, running water, all the great things of life, and can find something every minute to complain about. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the difference is attitude. The difference is perspective, the way we approach things. So today we're going we're gonna to jump into uh, maybe the most powerful tool that we have on this planet that's in our grasp. We're going to talk about our finances. Last week we didn't talk about our finances. I probably don't talk about it enough at South Point. One of the reasons is we have such a generous church I don't find the need to, to harp on it at all. We teach on it several times a year, and today's going to be one of those days. We're going to talk about the powerful tools that we have in our life, namely our finances today. Uh, and the reason I think it's important that we talk about it, because when you read the Bible, you read the Bible through, you get 
pieces of scripture or passages throughout a year of devotions or a verse a day, something like that. And sometimes those things can conflict. Let me, let me read you a couple of them when you talk about finances. So 1 Timothy 6.10 says this, The love of money is the root of all evil. How many have ever heard that? Have you ever heard that? Give me a nod. All right, yep. We, we've heard that. So when you read that, you think, okay, I need to watch out. Money's evil. It can get me in trouble. We all know that to be the case. Also, everybody's watched the lottery ruin my life, right? And you can go from happy to bazillionaire broke in your life because of the, the perspective on money. But look, listen to this scripture also. It's Proverbs 2.24. It says this, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. So sometimes we read those things and go, okay, hold on. I thought God said that the root of all evil is money. It, it gets me in trouble. So why serving God would he want to bless me and give me more riches? That's the perspective we're going to talk about today because it all has to do with how we see the tools God's given us. People will say when we talk about the, the gifts you have or the abilities you have, people say, I don't have any. And I say, as I've said for 25 years, everybody has a few. That's one of the reasons we have like Growth Track, our, our, our three-week class that helps develop that at South Point. It helps to point those things out in our life. And it's the same way with, with finances. Sometimes we say, well, I don't have enough to do anything with. I don't, know, I don't have enough to pay my bills. Y'all can amen anytime. I, the government wants more and more every month, right? I sit down and say, I, look at this check, right? I got a big, nice check at the first of the month, and then you pay your mortgage and you're broke, right? Isn't that the way it works? So it's finding the right perspective because the, the Bible says that the greedy never have enough. Whatever it is, well, they never have enough. We want to have a legacy attitude, an attitude that says, you know what, I'm going to approach my finances the way God has me to approach them so that I can have the correct attitude and enjoy what God has given me. Can I get a big amen on that? Are y'all with me today? Is it too warm in here? Do you feel like taking a nap? Do we need to send a coffee pot around? Are we good? Okay, because, listen, as much as I, I if I can be really honest, my staff knows this, I hate preaching on finances for the aesthetic purpose. I hate that, the way it makes us feel and stuff. But can I tell you, sometimes when you read it the way God has it, the perspective and attitude, the way God wants us to approach it, it actually is super liberating. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not a pastor dictating this. Thank the Lord. It's not according to the way I feel. But God has laid out some guidelines for us to help us approach our finances correctly so that our finances are not a weight to us. They're a tool for us to enjoy in life. So we're going we're gonna to approach it today a little different. I'm not going to give us just points. Each of the points that I'm going to talk about today to help us to learn are going to be questions. All right, and I'll let you answer those. I don't have to answer those. Uh, only for me, you answer the ones for you. That's what's great about it. And it's actually called a, a rabbinic, rabbinical way of teaching, rabbinical teaching. And it's patterned off of the way the rabbis used to do it. So Jesus was a rabbi. He learned the tradition of kind of circle teaching. So if a student would come to him with a question, he, they would say, you know, what is this? And he would say, okay, well, let, me, let me help you find that answer. Because the goal is not to just give information. We really, we really don't do it the same way in our schools nowadays. Back then they would say, we're going to train you to find the answer. Nowadays you just go, 
Look it up on Google, right? Just Google it, and you got the answer. But the rabbis would say, okay, what about this question? And they would ask the student a question, and they would answer it. And go, but what does that mean? Okay, then they, through a series of questions, they would circle back around and help the student find the answer. And that's why, since rabbis did that, that's why they call that a rabbinical way of teaching. That's why we're going to do this today. So it's like, uh, when we, when, and when we talk about changing our perspective, it's like a story I read years ago of uh, a foreman comes onto a job. They're building a big building. The bricklayers are out there. They're laying the brick. And the foreman walks up to one of the guys and said, uh, hey, what are you doing? And he kind of looks at him, you know, sarcastically, and he goes, I'm laying brick. And he goes, okay. So he go, just goes on to the next guy. He goes up to the next guy, and he said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm building a wall. Like, okay. And he walked around the corner. He found another guy. He said, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm building an incredible cathedral that people will come in and find God and change their life. And he said, okay, I want you to come with me. And he put the guy in charge of running his other bricklayers, and he said, I want them to have the perspective you have. I want them to understand what the purpose is behind what we're doing. This isn't just laying brick. This isn't just building walls. This is a project that we're doing that's going to change lives. And I find uh, the reason I use that today, I find that it actually gives me some great insight into our lives. So many times it's that attitude. It's the way that we approach it. Is it just laying brick? I guess I'm just breathing, just taking up space. Or is it what we say out there on our lobby wall is our purpose for every human being is it to love God and to love people? And each day I get to find out how to do that. Amen? With the tools that I have. So here, here's, we're going to start with the first question. It's going to shoot us in the right direction. Three questions and we're going to get there. All right, here we go. The first one is this. As far as our finances goes, am I returning the first? So you start with the first step. Am I returning the first? This was a principle that God would talk about a lot throughout Scripture, even into the New Testament. I have people, when you start talking about giving and stuff, they'll say, well, Jesus didn't, didn't talk about that in the New Testament. I'll say, well, he, he actually did, and we talk about that several times. He talked about tithing. He talked about giving 100% when the richer and ruler came, and he said, hey, I want to follow you. And Jesus said, okay, then go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and then you can follow me. And it said the richer and young ruler went away sad because he had a bunch. You know, aren't you glad that that's not what he says for each of us? Like, you just go sell everything you have, give it away, and come follow me. That's what we're going to talk about today. The first question is, are we, are we returning the first? Listen to this verse, Proverbs 3, 9 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Honor the Lord with our wealth, the tools that we have, what God's blessed us with. And then God will bless us with the necessary things. How many of you, well, I'm not even going to ask that. Most of us, when, when we get our check, it's most of it's, uh, I think most people have it direct deposited or you get it the first and the 15th, something like that, a couple of times a month. Some people get paid on commission, so you get sporadically whenever the commission checks come in and all that. But you'll get what I'm saying is when you get that check, it, it's like you have so much money, right? You look at that and you're like, wouldn't it be great just to go spend that on a toy? Am I the only one that ever thinks like that? Just one, one check. Just go blow it on a toy. Just go have fun with that. But then you look at your bills, and you go, okay, that, the mortgage, that, that's most of this check. And then you got a car payment or insurance payment. Uh, our, like we're, we're sending one to school and college. That's going to him. 
this one's elbow. We're still, like, broke it a couple of years ago, still paying on that, which is fine. Don't feel bad, okay. Which is fine. That's part of it. But how many of you know at the end of the check, there's usually nothing left or not much, right? And, and that's the way it is. I believe that's the way it's been since the very beginning of time. And that's the way you look all the way back in the Old Testament. And God said, hey, if you want to learn to give, if you want to learn to where money is not controlling you, where you're controlling your finances, start living by his principles, seeing it correctly, then learn to give off the top. Then learn to give first. First, we're going to give what God wants us to give to him. Even as my kids were little, they can attest that we used to, like, you get $20 for your birthday. Okay, I, I ended up with this much, you know, 50 bucks for my birthday. What are you going to do with that? Oh, I'm going to go buy some new shoes. You know, I'm going to get me some shoes. Okay, but first, what do we do? Oh, yeah, we, we, we're going to give five bucks of that to what God's doing, and we're going to put five bucks in savings, and then the rest I can go blow, right? And that's, we would teach our kids like that, say, off the top, we want you to learn to give. When you become an adult, you can decide what that figure is. But as for now, we're going to learn to give off the top. And listen, to, listen to what this says in Deuteronomy 14. I love the reason behind this. It says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year so that you may learn. Everybody say learn. That's the point of all of our giving. I mean, let's finish it out. So that you may learn to revere the Lord, your God, always. Can I tell you, that's exactly the reason. Here's, here's the reason I say this. Let me ask you a redundant question. Does God need our money? Have you ever went to give and you go, does Jesus really need my money? Is it just me that says that? Okay, I guess I'm the bad guy. Yeah, I've asked before, like, did, if he's got it all anyways, why does he need my $12, you know? And, and the point throughout Scripture, multiple, Jesus teaches on this. It's not because we're giving to God's bank account. We're giving to God's work, and we're controlling our finances. We're learning about God giving. We're learning about us receiving. We're learning about blessings. We're learning about sowing and, and reaping and how we help on this planet do God's work. God doesn't fund South Point directly. God funds it through God's people. We do this. We do this together, right? And that's the purpose of it. When we, we see our giving doing things on this planet, the purpose of giving the first is so that we learn that's the right way to do it. The purpose of giving, period, so that we learn to revere God and understand His principles in life. All right, give your neighbor a high five and say, I got that one. That's right. The next question broadens it out a little bit. Am I stewarding the rest? Am I stewarding the rest? The word steward means really to manage. Am I managing the rest of my finances? Great, solid question to ask yourself. All right, if, am I giving off the top? Am I giving whatever God laid on my heart to give? I'm going to give that. I'm going to give that into God's work, God's church. I'm going to do that. But secondly, am I managing the rest of that? Last week, one of the things that, one of the scriptures that we read, the passages, talked about how God gives and blesses us for our enjoyment. So it's not just to all give away. Thank the Lord. It's so that God would bless us, take care of our needs in our life, for us to enjoy some things, that kind of stuff. And we started teaching our kids this at, at a young age, that it's, that it's all about trust, that it's how much they get from me and their mom is how much I trust them 
and from what they've done with in the past. Does that make sense? So if when my kids were little, it would be, okay, I, I don't want to play in the backyard anymore. I want to play in the front yard. Okay, well, you, you can play in the front yard, but you have to stay in our yard. You cannot get in the street, all right? I'm going to work in the garage. not going to be watching you all the time. And if you look look out and there are two houses down, nope, sorry, right? You messed up the trust. you got to go in the backyard. But if you do good, it makes me want to give you more, whether that's chores or Heaven forbid when they start having to go out and run around with their friends and then you start talking curfew type stuff, you know? How many of you know if your kid comes in, maybe you're not like me, but if, my, if I let my kids stay out till like, you know, 11 o'clock and they come in at 11.05, I'm already telling them they're 10 minutes late. Like, listen, that isn't going to hurt anything. If you come in late, you're not going to get to stay out this late, right? Am I mean or do y'all work that way too? And if they come in on time, if they're there by 11 o'clock, then guess what? You do that for a while, and you get more time. And all of that builds up to when they turn 16, right? All these little steps, baby steps when they turn 16. And the scariest thing that's ever happened in my entire life, <laughs> put them in that car and letting them drive out of the driveway by themselves for the first time. It's terrifying. As a, to a parent, it's terrifying. The kid's like, this is the greatest day of my life. And, you know, they, they're, they're going eight miles an hour until you hear them two blocks away, and they squeal the tires and take off. Maybe that's just me growing up. But, but the, the purpose is to build trust. And let, me, let me show you in Scripture where it's just like that for us. In Luke 16, Jesus said this, Whoever can be trusted with, with very little can also be trusted with much. Is that not the principle of our entire lives right there? Whether that's at your job, that's what the boss wants to do. At home, that's what the parents want to do. Right? That's exactly, and God is saying, it's my principle. It's what I want to do. He goes on and says, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So, if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will, be able, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? It, he, he's helping us to understand. If you handle your riches correctly on this planet, I want to bless you. I want to help you. Now, we got in a big conversation, me and a couple of guys, after the first service. We're talking out in the lobby. Blessing does not always equate to dollar signs. There are some people you watch on TV, and they will tell you that. You know, you give 50 bucks to this ministry, and God, 10 times that, you get 500 back. That's not a biblical principle at all. That's not how that works. God says, if you'll honor me with your finances, with your talents, with your time, if you'll honor me with the things I've blessed you with, then I'll bless you. I'll bless you. You're Vats will be brimming over. Your barns will be full. You'll have, you'll have be honored and live a long life. Those are the kind of blessings you can't buy. Those are the kind of things I actually want. I want God to help us as we're trying to figure this out with my son to pick a college that's correct that I can't see four, five, six years down the line. I want God to bless us so that we can pick the right school. Does that make sense? That's that's huge blessing to me. I can't see in the future. I need the blessing. And the reason, part of the reason that I give is because God says if you do it correctly, if you steward it correctly, if you manage the rest that you have, then I'll bless you in the rest of what you need in this life. It's funny, one of the things that I wrote down was when uh, one of the principles that I taught my, my daughter, my, my kids, was always honesty. That, that honesty needs to be the foundation because if you can be honest about things, then we can work everything else out if you're honest. If you lie about it, then we just kill you, bury you on the spot, make another kid. That's the way this is going to work. You're, you're not going to lie in this house. And my, my son went through a little lying phase, you know. 
he went through a little lying phase when we had to, I don't know how old he was, little bitty elementary school, and we had to help him pray and got him in trouble, lots of different stuff. But one of the funniest things ever, I remember my daughter, when she was about four years old, we had, it, was, it was right after Halloween like this, and we had said you can have this many pieces of candy a day. And I remember hearing the, the door, the cabinet door slam where the candy was. And I came around the corner, and she's like this. And I said, Avery, what are you doing? She needs to be in here right now for this, doesn't she? She was coughing and stepped out. Um, she said, nothing. And I said, well, can I see what's in your hand? And I knew what it was. I knew, knew she'd got in there. And she said, yes. And I said, can I see what's in your other hand? She said, yes. <laughs> and I said, can I see what's in both your hands at the same time? And the little four-year-old didn't think that far. And she waited for about five full seconds and said, yes. <laughs> Four years old. It, can I just tell you, it's our nature. It is like, it's in our DNA. I want to have a long talk with God about this when we get there. It's in our DNA to want, to like, I need that. I want what I want, and I want it now. And I, and I feel like this verse in, in Luke 16 about being trustworthy with the earthly that God has given us. You dismissed it, Abe. I told a good story about you. The principle of trusting with our earthly wealth is what sets us up for the legacy wealth that we really all want. Listen, I, I don't think anybody in my family, from, from me, like my grandparents, my dad, my great-grandparents... It, I don't think any of them ever have ever left anything but debt to the next generation. You know, my prayer is to change that. I don't necessarily want to leave my kids a bunch of cash. That's not, that's not the point on that. But I would, I would hope that living by the principles that God shows, that I'm going to leave them with the greatest blessing that they could ever have. That makes it by, by stewarding the rest of my finances correctly, God will be able to, the door will be open for him to bless my family with the right things at the right time. That's the goal. Amen? And the third question is this. Am I focusing on true riches? The verse before that we just read said if you're not trustworthy with your earthly wealth, then how can you be trusted with, with the true riches? Listen, we're going to read this verse that I read last week, and we'll probably read next week, in Matthew 6, about what true riches are. In Matthew 6, it says this, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, and the U.S. government taxes you like crazy. Can I get an amen? That's a good spot for one. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the point for today, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I've said for years that one of the reasons I don't preach a bunch of money messages at South Point, yes, we need to learn to steward our finances wisely and godly. It's important. I believe that's one of the reasons South Point is blessed, because we do that. It's, it's awesome. But if God has your heart, can I tell you that he's got the rest of you too? He's got the rest of you. Uh, people say, 
If he's got your heart, he's got your wallet. I, I totally agree with that. I can remember the, the first time that me and my wife were dating. I just became a Christian. We started dating. And she was trying to help me get my finances in line, you know, as all good girlfriends do, I think. She was helping me out, and she said, okay, so when are you, where are you giving to the church? Where are you giving to what God's doing? Do you have a charity? Do you have, I mean, like, where are you giving to? And I said, man, I'm not doing that. I can't afford anything. I mean, I'm a college student. I'm going to school full-time, working full-time. And she began to walk me through. It took a couple of months before I could budget out a little bit here and budget out a little bit here. And I said, okay, I'm going to start giving like $8 because I, I want what God says he wants to do with me. I want to be faithful with what I have so that he can bless me for the rest. And I'll never forget, we had been married maybe, I don't know, five, six years and had been giving the whole time. Right off the top, first, training ourselves, some a lot of it by faith. Okay, Lord, you said it, we're going to do it. And I've told this story before, but it's it's not the biggest money story I have. It's actually the smallest, but it's the most powerful. It's the one that just, like, really solidified why I do what I do. And we had, we were at a, a little church that couldn't afford for us to go do anything. And there was a conference in Tulsa that we wanted to go to. So we saved up and we paid for ourselves to go to this conference, just me and her. And on the last day, it was Saturday, the last message that night, we had 10 bucks left. You know what that means? On the way home, that's a $5 combo meal for you both, right? That's what that was. So we had enough gas. Our goal was to save 10 bucks. We budgeted this out. We'll just eat something cheap on the way home, run through a drive-thru. So at the end of the message, this guy, there had been a missionary couple that had shown up that they didn't think was going to be there, and they invited them up on stage. They started to kind of tell them their story. And, man, it was just one of those just rinse your heart. Just amazing what they were doing. It was really cool stuff. And they said, I know that you've already paid for the conference. You don't have to do this. It's just a, you know, a free will, free will offering. We're going to receive an offering for this missionary couple. And we're like, okay. So we started looking at each other like, okay, I'm thinking God doesn't need my 10 bucks. Five bucks is not going to matter at all. You know, I'm going through all these logical things. I need to eat. I haven't eaten since lunch. I'm a man. I got to eat. You know, it's like third or fourth meal. I got to get this done. And we, we going back and forth talking about it. And we came to the conclusion, okay, let's do this. Let's give five bucks. And, and I honestly, I asked a couple times, really, is five bucks going to do anything? Because I'm still thinking the old perspective, the old attitude. They're like, five bucks probably ain't going to help the missionary a whole lot. But the reason we give, remember, is to learn, to learn God's principles. Yes, it's to do God's work, but it's so that we learn God's principles in every part of our life. So I remember giving that five bucks. We prayed. All right, Lord, five bucks. You know, this major marital decision, five dollars. So we gave it. The buckets came by. And we're like, okay. So we got a little snack on the way home. We're going to eat when we got home. And when we pull up, we hadn't been there for two or three days because of the conference. So we pull up next to the uh, mailbox and get the, get the mail out. And I backed up. And we pulled in the garage. And Jenny's going through the mail and something from the bank, you know, when you see something from the bank. So she opens that up. And she holds it up and just starts crying. I said, what is that? You don't hold up bank letters and start crying. It's not a good thing. And she said, there was a mistake in our deposit on Monday. We were five bucks. They were five bucks short, so they gave us five more dollars. And I just started bawling. Because, like, most other people in the world don't have any idea what that meant. For me, it was just God going, see? 
that was postmarked four days before, before we ever gave. God, God, God wanted to give. He wanted to bless us. Now, wouldn't I love that that was like a $5,000 bank error? Sure, yeah. But the reality of it was, was God was connecting the dots for me. And many times since then, He's done that. Many times since then. And I remember when 10 years later, we have little kids. We moved to a church on the north side from Duncan, Oklahoma. They couldn't pay us. We were leaving one of the best paying jobs for one of the no paying jobs. So we raised our support through family and friends. It's the most humbling, terrible way to live. But like a missionary in Oklahoma, in Edmond, like one of the richest parts of the state. I feel like a, a missionary up there begging for finances. And I remember that the first year, we have two little kids, like three and five. First year, we were just so broke. So many people we thought, you know, would support us. They weren't able to for one reason or another. I just remember just getting to like Christmas and going, our kids, we're going to make a box castle. We're going to make a box house and a box flag because we're giving them boxes for Christmas. And I remember the pastor pulling me aside in mid-December somewhere. And he said, hey, we have a guy in the church that has just kind of watched y'all's story this last year come into here. You know, it was a church of about 200. They didn't have a youth minister. We were doing it all just, just to touch kids' lives. And I remember it. He said they, they wanted to give you this check. And it was about two-thirds of what we made in a year, which we hadn't made this year. But it more than made up for our entire year's budget. Some of our payments were behind. First time in our entire life, things were behind. The next day, then that Monday, all we did was write checks, send them off. And that incredible five-digit check that that guy wrote, as big and as amazing as it was, it was awesome, let me tell you. But it didn't compare to the $5 check from 10 years earlier. And I, and I share those not to, I don't try to, I'm not trying to manipulate or guarantee God's going to give you lots of money or anything like that. What I'm trying to do is say that God is teaching me just like he wants to teach each of us. That through our lives as we're faithful to what he asks us to do, God is there to bless our barns or whatever that would be in our life now. God is there to bless our wealth. And I don't think that's just always finances for sure. God is there to bless our, our health and our families and our decisions to walk with and teach us because the goal the goal is not the amount the goal is the blessing to have a legacy attitude so that our attitude toward the tools he's given us these finances these suckers don't control me I control them by the principles God's taught me for 25 years that's my goal today that God would move our attitude a little more in the legacy direction and help us understand it's not even really about the church it's about what he's calling us to do and the people he's calling us to reach. We're, we're for sure a part of that. We're for sure a part of that. I want to pray for us today. I want to pray that God would do something supernatural in us. We're not going to take up another offering. Don't worry. But I'm, I'm believing that God's just going to grow us. He's going to help us and help us to learn what his principles are. And it would change our attitude of a much bigger legacy than we ever dreamed of. Lord, thank you so much for the riches you have blessed us with. I feel like what Solomon said when he said, I was young.
young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous begging for bread. You seem to always provide, Lord, for those that live by your principles. I pray that today that you would be honored by the shift in our attitude. We give you our heart and we pray, Lord, that you'd take our heart and that you'd teach us your ways. Teach us to follow you. Teach us to sacrifice to you. Teach us to love you with every part of our lives. Teach us to love people with every tool and gift you've given us. We want to, we want to see the, the $5 connections. But Lord, more than that, we want to see people's lives changed because of the tools you've given us. I pray blessing over South Point, Lord, just as Abraham prayed over his family. I pray blessing over South Point. You've placed so many generous people here, Lord. You've slowly increasing our vision that we can touch people all over Oklahoma, all over the United States, around the world. And I pray that you'd continue to do that. That you'd continue to use our finances. Help us to give our first. Help us to manage the rest. And those two together would produce true riches in our lives. We love you, Lord. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Here's what I'd like to do today. If they're going to kill the lights. Our band's going to sing one more song. And a couple of our prayer team or staff members will come up front. If you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. But what I would really love, prayer's great. It's awesome. I want you to do that. What I'd really love today is just what Pastor Kyle said earlier is for us to stretch ourselves one last time before we go into this week and that we would say, Lord, you have my heart and just tell him, tell him through worship today. Pray it in a song. Can we do that? Will you stand with us and let's worship with him?